0: This is WLNZ Lansing. You're listening to LCC Connect, a weekly program that features the voices, vibes, and vision of Lansing Community College. To find out more about LCC Connect programs or to listen on demand, visit us at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Vision.
1: You're listening to Start Here, Finish Here, and Everything in Between. A podcast dedicated to reaching out to students and their families to explain the nuances of transferring credits from LCC to another college or university. And more importantly, demystifying some of the popular beliefs surrounding higher ed. Hello everyone, I am here with Luke Richards, Transfer Specialist for the University Center and Transfer Initiatives Department. Luke is a Lansing native who for the last six plus years has been working in higher education, focusing primarily on transfer, non-traditional students, and creating partnerships that enable students to maximize their college experience. Recently, he earned his master's degree in organizational leadership, and as I mentioned before, he is working at LCC as the transfer specialist for the University Center and Transfer Initiatives team, where he helps students maximize their ability to transfer courses and credits from LCC to their desired four-year institution. Luke is also an MSU alumni, where he earned his bachelor's focusing on social sciences, public health, and psychology, and most importantly, he is an LCC graduate. Luke, we're going to jump right in. Welcome to the show.
2: Sounds good. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah. So one of the first questions I have is, what is the number one question students ask when reaching out to you?
2: The number one question students ask is, you know, do the classes that I've taken or have completed at the community college transfer to the four-year institution that they want to go to? So, um, or, you know, what classes do I need to take to transfer to my four-year school that I want to go to.
1: And I'm assuming that that's important because all schools are different. So there's no like real cookie cutter menu that you can hand somebody. It's going to be based on what they've taken or what their experiences are. So when someone comes to meet with you, what should they prepare in advance?
2: Yeah, and you're spot on there. Um, so the best thing for students to, to come to me with is an understanding you know, of what program or school they want to pursue. So, you know, whether that be psychology, you know, pre-med, if they're starting at LCC, we want to know what their end goal is so that we can properly develop their plan at the community college. One thing that really helps with that is students bringing their unofficial transcripts. Um, That shows the list of courses that they're going to complete. Questions, it's better for us to have some questions from the student so that we know what important factors for them are going to impact that pathway, like their financial aid situation, again, their program of interest, and then, you know, what school? Some schools have preferred programs like Michigan State where the admissions requirements differ from the broad, um, you know, school of Michigan State. So we really want to know, you know, as much as possible so that we can properly build that plan for the student to be successful.
1: So one of the big things I feel like in education is paying for education, of course. Mm-hmm. So what are some things that I, I feel like there are things students don't consider when they're taking out loans? So what's the advice there?
2: Right. Yeah. School is uh, college and specific is more expensive than it ever has been. So, you know, when we think about loans, it's important to consider, you know, whether the loan is subsidized or unsubsidized, you know, how long you're going to be in school for. Um, are there other ways of paying for school in um, like scholarships or grants? Um, it really all starts with FAFSA. So, you know, that's your first step, the free application for federal student aid. We want to make sure that all students, whether they believe that they're going to qualify or not, you know, start off with, with submitting their FAFSA each year, Um, That helps, you know, schools also that they're considering transferring to um, build their financial aid package prior to them getting there. So sometimes that takes a little bit of time and to ensure the ease of transfer, it's, it's better to have those things completed beforehand rather than last minute.
1: And I think one of the things that maybe people don't realize is there is a cap on that money that you can take from the federal government, whether even if it's a a loan and it's not like free money in terms of a Pell. So what happens to students when they come to you and they're like 10000 away from the cap? What are the alternatives?
2: Yeah, we really got to get savvy with the funds that are left. So a lot of the times when students come to to me, uh, one of the important questions that I ask is, do you know how much you've borrowed if you've taken out student loans? Cause you're right. There is an aggregate loan limit, which inhibits them from surpassing a, a certain dollar amount that they are able to borrow from the government. Um, so one way we can offset that cost is through community college courses, you know, LCC every class that you take um, typically saves you about a thousand dollars. If you were to take that same course at a, a four year public institution. So it's important to consider your options and, and really look at what transferable courses you you can take at the community college that still apply to the four-year program that you're pursuing.
1: Okay, so it sounds like you kind of need to make that transfer decision early on.
2: Yeah, the earlier the better.
1: What are some things students should consider when planning to transfer to a four-year institution?
2: So... There's so many different experiences that a student can have for their four-year degree more than I ever before. In my opinion, you know, we have the, the ability to have asynchronous courses nowadays. So students can be in the classroom or sitting on their couch at home and still be participating in a live lecture. So, you know, the, the overall experience they're looking for is a big thing to consider. You know, are you a, a huge lecture hall type of student or are you more successful in a more intimate environment with 20 25 students there's also a, a big culture shift in going from a two-year community college to a four-year private or public school so the classroom sizes can be bigger they can be smaller um your learning environment might change the courses might change it might be more difficult to meet new friends in a larger university so some of those social factors play a big role in in what kind of things you should consider when you're planning your transfer uh, a lot of the other things come down to the academics so your studying habits you know community college students are primarily taking you know general education core classes that transfer into any program When you get to that four-year, those classes are going to be a little bit higher level, and they may start to dabble in your specific discipline where the teaching styles might differ. So you may have to adjust your study habits and your learning habits to ensure that, you know, you're still walking away from there with good grades and the education that you're investing in.
1: Should students look at career help at these schools and see if they assist with any, like, job-seeking options or process?
2: Absolutely. Those services are, you know, kind of wrapped into your tuition. So the, in my opinion, the whole goal of going to school is so that you better off your ability to have career returns on that investment. So every school that I'm aware of has some sort of career services, career center, um, career advancement, w- what, whatever it may be. So it's important for students, you know, to utilize those services or else they're going to be on their own and, and kind of at a loss maybe for, you know, what career opportunities might be. I mean, those, those services are there for a reason, and the students, again, are kind of paying for those through their tuition. So absolutely, it's very, very important to, to look at, you know, what kind of career placement each school has and what programs, you know, are doing better than others. When you're looking at this investment, um, you ultimately want to get out what you're putting in.
1: And that's a lot of times those services are available even after you graduate. Right. So if you're an alum, you're able to call back that school. I don't know if there's a year's cap like, okay, you've been out 10 years now. Yeah,
2: most of them don't. Most of them are are lifelong. So and, and again, a lot of them are free, if not most that I'm aware of.
1: Right. I mean, in this day and age, when people are seeking out so many other options for, you know, jobs and careers, I mean, I think that's really important that they know they could go back to their school and say, hey who's the person that helps me write my resume because these are the 10 jobs I want or whatever. So when is the ideal time to reach out to the four-year destination?
2: The earlier, the better. Um, With programs changing and with higher ed changing, the landscape is moving a little bit faster than I've seen in previous years. And so the earlier that the student can, you know, kind of get a plan together, the better. It'll help ensure that they're they're maximizing transfer opportunities, reducing their overall cost or the initial investment. My opinion, you know, school has to be a return on the investment. So if you're investing this time and money so that you can earn a lot more throughout your life, you know, you want to do whatever you can to reduce that initial investment cost so you can maximize that return. I think, you know, the earlier you can kind of put together a plan and ensure that the time and the money and the courses that you're investing in up front are going to you know, transfer to that four-year school, the better. Uh, there's also a lot of differing requirements for various programs. So I mentioned MSU, you know, they have their preferred programs or their preferred majors, but those all have different requirements for admissions. So the more nuances you can kind of familiarize yourself with, depending on the school and the program you're going into, you know, the better you can reduce those barriers, those speed bumps, the time. Um, so it really helps to, to kind of make sure that the student is, is investing the time adequately to make sure that their transfer is smooth and, and worthwhile.
1: So really, the bottom line here is that it, the four-year institutions are the final say in what courses are going to be accepted. So in your position here now at LCC, working with transfer students, you're kind of that liaison, you're that buffer that goes between the four-year and the student, when a student isn't comfortable about approaching that four-year on their own. So you're there to help and say, hey, this is what they're saying to you, or this is what's going to happen, or or that kind of thing. Could you talk a little bit about that, maybe, how yeah. that works?
2: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this, you know, this has been a, a space that I've found myself in for the last six years, you know, kind of being that liaison to the school and the four- institution. And it's allowed me to put myself in the the perspective of both the university and the student. Um, And so what that's allowed me to do is kind of find ways, um, questions, information that's helpful for the student, but also helpful for the university in that transfer path space that a lot of students find themselves in at the community college. So what I do kind of on a day-to-day basis is not only gather a wealth of information for students, but also take away from each individual situation that I work with uh, on student with students and try to find solutions or, or ways that we can start to make changes for those barriers um, that the students are running into, whether that be equivalencies, processes, you know, we're doing a lot for outreach, especially you know making sure that the students are aware of hey you're four classes away or three credits away from an associate's degree let's see what your your transfer destination has in their curriculum to see if we can get you an LCC associate's awarded or reverse transfer you know that's a, a big thing now is students if they transfer from LCC and they haven't completed an associate's degree they actually only need 15 credits from LCC to finish an associate's degree if they've continued credits elsewhere so Making sure that the students are aware of that and helping with a process to get that in place to where, you know, if a student has completed a bachelor's degree and they've completed at all 15 credits at LCC, we want them to get an associate's degree. So, you know, it's a little bit of everything, but ultimately we, my role is just kind of helping students in any capacity in regards to transfer or reverse transfer.
1: Is there some sort of preliminary form they can fill out before they come see you, or that would make you reach out to them?
2: Yeah, absolutely. On our on our university center webpage, we have a request for information form that the students can fill out. It asks them a few brief questions. We gather some information. Uh, we see what programs that they're interested in, and then I outreach to that student as well as connect them with a the four year that they're interested in, and then from there we kind of help to build that transfer process, look at course equivalencies, when to apply, etc. cetera.
1: Now, you mentioned the University Center, and I think sometimes that's the best kept secret on LCC's campus. So the University Center is a partnership between LCC and four universities, University of Michigan-Flint, Central Michigan University, Northwood University, and Siena Heights University. And they all offer bachelor's and master's degree programs. And in not even so much that they have the classroom space, their services are available there. So you would be able to talk to advisors um, across the street one-on-one and get that one-on-one help from the people that have the expertise from those schools. Um, One of my questions for that would be, what are the advantages to going through one of those partners? Luke, could you expand on that a little bit?
2: Yeah, I think there's a few big ones. The first one you kind of already mentioned with the intimacy and the one-on-one attention that the students get if they pursue a program through the University Center. Each school has a representative or multiple individuals there being an advocate for the, for the student and for the university. So they are that bridge between the university and the student at LCC or wherever they're coming from through the UC. So they get one-on-one help, whether that's financial aid, whether that's advising, they can sit down with someone right then and there. Uh, and they get that one-on-one attention that you wouldn't necessarily get unless you actively, uh, really, you know, my experience when I, was going through school it was when i needed advising help it was a lot of work and for the students that i worked with at my previous institution here in the uc the students could walk in they could call and it was one call one email one text one door that they had to open and they were they were sitting down with us another advantage is the cost savings so students can transfer up to 92 credits from a lot of these or uh, into a lot of these schools which from a cost saving standpoint you know, if you're transferring in three quarters of your uh, bachelor's degree from the community college at the community college price, you're reducing a huge cost uh, of that investment. So if you look at a bachelor's degree, which is 120 credits most times, um, and you transfer in 92 credits, you're only left with one year of tuition costs, which for most students is not really easily attainable. But when you cut off you know, three years and you take those at the community college, it's absolutely, it's way more attainable than, than you would think.
1: Absolutely. Wow. That's a huge savings for students. And I think they don't always realize that because they didn't, you know, we don't tend to think about bachelor's degrees in terms of credits, 120 to roughly 130. Well, if you're taking 90 at the LCC tuition rate, that's, that's huge. That, that makes a bachelor's degree uh, more doable, let's say. Right, right. Okay. Now, this show is built on the idea that we learn from one another's experiences. Can you please share a story of um, someone you helped or some experiences that you've had?
2: Yeah. So previously, I worked in admissions for a a four-year school here in Lansing where I primarily spent time helping community college transfer and non-traditional students. What I learned You know from working with these students and what was a very common theme throughout the majority of their pathways was that without their ability to transfer community college credits a bachelor's degree just wasn't feasible for most it was the financial benefit of taking 60 to 90 credits that made getting their bachelor's degree uh, feasible but for a good portion it was also just the support and resources and also the ease of getting into college after high school through community college courses Uh, that allowed for them to, you know, continue on. More and more, I'm finding myself working with students who went right to a four-year school and found themselves struggling to adjust to that college life. Um, The community college has been their saving grace. So it's, you know, great to be in this realm and be working for a school who does nothing but support these students. So you know, I guess the the point I'm trying to make the, from my experience is that community college for most, if not for all students, is the best option. Uh, whether it be easing, you know, your way into college, returning to college, helping offset some of the, the costs to allow for, you know, more exploration at a lower tuition rate, to receive a more supportive, intimate education. You know, community colleges have so much to offer Uh, to, To really any type of student. So, you know, that's kind of my two cents for my experience. And I hope that, you know, in the future that can help out some students.
1: Agreed. I think we do end up with a lot of guest students from other, you know, colleges and universities that are here to take that math class or whatever class that's tough for them on the main campus or at the university, they can come to LCC and get that more intimate help. And so I think it's easier. And I think we have more students like that than we realize. So um, I appreciate you being here today and kind of demystifying some of the things that um, people question when they think about college and how to transfer credits and how to actually get that bachelor's degree. So thank you so much for being here and sharing your experience and your, your expertise.
2: Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
1: You've been listening to Start Here, Finish Here, and Everything in Between at Lansing Community College.
3: You got me believe-
0: examining the issues and topics that affect our lives from the local level to the world stage. Listen to the programs of LCC Connect anytime at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Lansing Community College is proud to present We're Better Than That, an anti-bigotry campaign. Embracing diversity is a continuing process, one that requires honesty, cooperation, and meaningful conversations. At Lansing Community College, we understand our journey towards inclusion and equity begins with an examination of how we relate to one another and a pledge to engage in the work necessary for meaningful progress, to facilitate conversations and initiatives that will combat racism and hate speech in our college community. Office of Diversity and Inclusion has partnered with the Office of Police and Public Safety to create We're Better Than That, a comprehensive campaign to combat institutional bias and racism. To find out more about We're Better Than That, visit lcc.edu.
4: I heard on the news about that five-year-old who found his uncle's gun. The kid didn't know it was loaded.
5: I heard on the news about that 14-year-old girl who was bullied online for like a year. She couldn't take it anymore, so she got her dad's gun from his nightstand.
2: I heard on the news about that guy who broke into someone's house, stole a gun from the hall closet. He accidentally shot his cousin in the head.
5: She killed herself.
2: And later killed the owner of the store he was trying to rob.
5: If you own
3: a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it,
5: I'm Lisa Alexander, and I host a show called Who's That Star on LCC Connect. This show is all about an inside look at the LCC community where you get a chance to meet our faculty and staff, plus learn about their passion projects at work and at home. You can catch Who's That Star here on LCC Connect or listen anytime at lccconnect.org. Engaged learning and academic success is a priority at Lansing Community College. To help students navigate their educational career, LCC has created a proactive approach to learning and providing students with several academic support services. To find out what's available, visit lcc.edu services. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes.
6: Vision.
5: This is Bob Myers from the Historical Society of Michigan with a Michigan History Moment. It's a valuable jewelry, and it's called fordite, or motor agate. But what is fordite? In short, fordite is a sort of synthetic gemstone that looks much like an agate. It's made up of layers and layers of automobile paint. Hence, fordite. The earliest automobiles were brush-painted in the fashion of horse-drawn carriages. It took a long time to paint a car, and the paint job did not hold up well. As the demand for automobiles grew in the early 20th century, manufacturers looked for ways to speed up the process. The Ford Model T dominated the market for years, rolling off the assembly line by the millions. The first Model Ts, from 1908 through 1912, came in red, gray, green, or blue, but were not available in black. From 1915 until 1926, the Model T came only in black, although Ford used more than 30 different types of black paint. Competing auto companies offered multiple colors, which eventually forced Ford to abandon its black paint-only policy. In 1924, spray guns were introduced to the auto assembly line. Spray guns allowed workers to paint the cars more quickly and gave a more consistent finish than brush painting. Spray painting cut the finish time by two-thirds. There was just one problem, overspray. Most of the paint went on the car body, but some collected on the tracks and skids that carried the cars. After painting, the assembly line carried the car into an oven that baked on the finish. Naturally, the paint baked onto the tracks and skids as well. That eventually built up in thick, multicolor coats of baked paint that the workers had to break off. The result? Chunks of Fordite, also known as motor agate. Today, motor agate is made into all sorts of beautiful jewelry, cut to shape and polished, Fordite is a highly desirable material. Unfortunately for rockhounds, automobile assembly lines no longer produce it. New painting technology has virtually eliminated overspray, so paint doesn't build up on the assembly line. Today's supply of Fordite comes from auto workers who brought home chunks of the material years ago. This Michigan History Moment has been brought to you by michiganhistorymagazine.org.
0: Featuring the staff, faculty, students, and others that helped to make Lansing's premier college what it is today. You're listening to LCC Connect. To find out more about our featured programs or to listen on demand, visit us at lccconnect.org. LCC.
4: Connect.
0: Voices.
3: Vibes. Vision.
4: The LCC Library empowers the Lansing community to learn, teach, and discover. Located on the second and third floors of the Technology and Learning Center at the corner of Capitol and Shiawassee on LCC's downtown campus, the LCC Library's ambient spaces are available to the public for work, study, or quiet personal projects. In addition, those with memberships at collaborating libraries are free to check out materials from the LCC Library's collections. For more information, visit lcc.edu library.
3: Who might you save?
4: Your mother, your father, your husband, uncle, aunt,
6: son.
3: Learn fast. F-A-S-T. The sudden signs of a stroke and you could save.
6: Your friend, your best friend, teacher, boss, coach.
3: F face drooping. A arm weakness. S speech difficulty. T time to call 911. F-A-S-T. Face arm speech time. That's F face drooping. A arm weakness. S speech difficulty. T time to call 911. The sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment, and that can make a remarkable difference in the recovery of
6: your neighbor, the waiter, a fellow shopper, a total stranger, grandmother, grandfather.
3: So learn FAST, the sudden signs of a stroke, then pass it on because you never know who might save you.
6: Your wife, your colleague, teammate,
3: Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council.
1: The Lansing Community College Foundation provides scholarships that make education possible, change students' lives, and uplift our community. Students may apply for scholarships November 1st through January 31st. Learn more at lcc.edu scholarships.
7: LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes.
2: Vision.
6: Welcome to Galaxy Forum. I'm your host, Melissa Kaplan, and we're here to explore the creativity happening in the LCC Galaxy, in our classrooms and on campus, and connecting the work of our stars with our community. Over the past decade, our area has seen a significant increase in demand for qualified insurance professionals. But until shortly before the pandemic, Lansing Community College didn't have a focused training area on insurance. That changed when LCC's School of Business developed an associate degree track in insurance and risk management that includes workplace experience with a number of local insurance agencies. To talk about LCC's insurance program and its community impact, I'm delighted to welcome our guests today, Mary Stucco, LCC's insurance program faculty chair, and Mike Morrow, a director with the Accident Fund, who oversees marketing and underwriting for the 12-state Midwest region. Thank you both for being here. Hello. Yeah, it's great to have you.
7: Thanks. Thank you.
6: So I'd like to begin with the demand that prompted LCC to build this program. We may have had some classes prior to that, but I guess I'm, I'm really curious in taking a step back. What sparked the increased demand for insurance professionals is probably something you both can talk to.
4: Yeah, you want to start with that one,
7: Mike? Yeah, I would say from our standpoint, the, the industry has a, a talent gap. Um, you know, for a number of years, we didn't do training programs. We didn't, uh, didn't, didn't really bring in the next generation of insurance professionals. Um, and, and now we're in a situation now where the generations are, are getting ready to retire, um, and we got a tremendous talent gap there. So. Um, you know, working with LCC as far as uh, developing the program and, and getting it up and running um, really is helpful from our standpoint because, you know, we, also, we need people that are um, at the service level. We also need people that are have, have a sales background, too. So we definitely are looking for LCC to, to kind of fill some of that gap for us.
4: Yeah, this is one of those things that it's not just a Lansing area, though. We're surrounded by a lot of insurance companies. It's actually a national uh, issue. So even talking to the big schools like University of Georgia, I was talking to them when I was developing the program. And they've got, I think, close to a thousand students in their program and they have a 97 percent placement ratio within three months. And they don't have a hub in their community like we have in lansing so this is something that you know students can go anywhere um we hope to keep them in lansing but there's also openings in all sorts of areas it's not you know, agents obviously are looking, but we're seeing a lot of home office underwriting and claims and marketing and accounting and actuarials. So mm-hmm. it's a very diverse area. So if you have an interest in something that you want to study, you can probably most likely in many areas carry it into the insurance industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's it's been something that's been going on for a while as far as a shortage concern. And it's definitely going to continue to grow it's not something that's just going to disappear
7: you know I think as the students find out about the the opportunities that are are available at the agency side again being in the service of the sales side on the company side too I mean traditionally you're looking at claims you're looking at underwriting you look at marketing but you know we have a finance department we have an accounting department you know we have a number of you know human resources a number of other other areas where as students become aware of that, that 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 could be a career for them you know depending on their their area of study.
6: There's so much that you've both just touched on in that that short introduction, the the placement potential ninety seven percent. That's pretty impressive. Yes. And then, um, just uh, you know, as as a as somebody who knows insurance as a purchaser for mm-hmm. personal needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I look at the industry, and it, it's incredibly complex. That's probably even an understatement, mm-hmm. because there's personal, there's small business, there's liability, there, and, you know, within personal, there's all the home and auto and health, and then, you know, the whole area of risk management. Mm-hmm. Mary, what was important to you in developing this program, and and, and to you, Mike, as a, an advisor, uh what was really crucial uh, for the LCC Insurance and Risk Management program to include for students? Well,
4: I think for me, the biggest thing when I got this started is I pulled all the big insurance companies into our conversation. I pulled the insurance companies in, I pulled the high schools that have programs in, I pulled the four-year schools in. Because not only are we concerned about you know bringing those high schoolers in, we want to make sure our classes are transferring to the four-year schools for students who want to do that. Um, but having the input from all the different insurance companies is so important. They all have, you know, different areas especially because we've got Delta Dental, we've got Hanover, we've got Farm Bureau, Michigan Millers, all different sizes and shapes, but it's also, you know, making sure we're developing the students to have the skill sets. And it's not even just in the classroom. We're also the first community college in the country to have a gamma Ota Sigma, which Accident Funds have been a huge supporter What's of a us. gamma. It's a business fraternity. Do you want what to talk is the there? name of that again? Gamma iota sigma. Yeah. Gamma iota.
7: So yeah, they, 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 they and I refrain from calling it fraternity because it it is you know um, the, the female and male students are both involved in it, but sure. it's it, it's a social organization that really it helps the um, students get more involved. Um, as far as the the running of the chapter, so each there's a, over a hundred chapters within within the U.S. So uh, four or five of them are here in Michigan, and as as Mary mentioned, LCC is the first community college to have a, a chapter of of Gamma iota Sigma. That's wonderful. Yeah, and so you know it, it, it's you know gets them some of the soft skills, you know the the resume writing, the you know the mock interviews, you know, it also gives them the opportunity to actually lead the chapter, so they can be the vice president or the president, and that then gives them additional training that they can do as far as Skills that they could learn there while they're students that they can carry forward uh, in, into their into their careers.
4: Absolutely. And I think, you know, like Mike and I were just talking before we came on, we're going to be down in a few weeks down in Charlotte, North Carolina for a conference. So we do get to interact with all these students from, from all over the country at all these different schools and, you know, to have those conversations with those students, but also the industries there. And so it's a great way to start students to connect here of companies they'd never heard of before because they're not in Michigan and um, just start building those relationships. And, and it's kind of interesting. You are talking about, you know, building the resumes, and also practicing those interviews. And one of my students, his name's Martin, and he's just recently graduated from uh, from Michigan State from LCC, and he was telling me when he first started doing this, he was his he needed work. You know, he needed really sure. a lot of practice with his interviewing skills, with his resume. And when we went to uh, uh, the international conference last year, he went in and did it again, and pretty much everyone said, you know what, we have no more comments for you. Everything looks perfect. That's impressive. And that's the point where, you know, students do this enough. You want them to feel like they're doing a really good job at interviewing, that they've got that great resume put together. And these are the HR people, usually, that are giving you that feedback, so if they're good with you. And so he was really proud of himself, because he knew where he started and where he went along to. And, And it's more about just, you know, I have a good resume, and I can interview interview, but it's also development skills of working with people and talking to people that he grew a lot.
7: He, he really has. And, and really mm-hmm. another example of that is networking skills. So when, you, when you're at an event and it's an insurance event and everything else, I was just last week, uh, Martin walked up to me and tapped me on the shoulder. We had a good five or 10 minute conversation about where he's at and where in his education he's graduating in December, what opportunities are available and everything too. So it, it really was nice to see that development of the student from being nervous and quiet to where he's now, you know, coming up to an individual at at an event and and actually having a conversation with them.
6: That is incredibly valuable. And what great experience to be able to get that layered in with your academics, Mm -hmm. because it's, you know, so many people, we end up with our degree, but we don't necessarily have that experience. If we're lucky, we gotten some of it, or maybe we're naturally inclined, probably the vast majority of people are not naturally inclined to networkers. It's a definite skill,
4: right? It is. I think most people are very uncomfortable. (laughs) I think we've both probably had times, I think Mike and I have gotten better at it, but there was times in our younger lives that we didn't really enjoy it either. And there's still rooms you walk into like, oh my gosh, I'm a little uncomfortable, don't know anybody here. Um, So I think it's something we all have to work on. And I think especially now, you know, we're coming out of kind of a rough period of time where we couldn't network. Right. And so, you know, some people might feel more uncomfortable than they did before. So, we really do work to develop these well-rounded students who are not just, you know, book smart, but also able to go out and really honestly take on a job and feel like they can contribute to that company.
6: That's that's so valuable because in insurance and in a lot of fields, a big part of what you're doing is that interpersonal interaction. You know, it's customer service, it's understanding other people, the ability to listen and then guide. And in order to do that, you really do need good interpersonal skills. So that's that's wonderful to to hear that. On the academic side, as I was thinking before, you know, saying before, the complexity and the different directions people can go in an insurance, how does LCC address that? Is it is it fairly general? And then they move on and specialize with a, a job or a four-year degree?
4: We are, we are preparing them with two different designations. One's called the AINS, which is the Associates in Insurance, which, you know, not it's different from the LCC Associates in Insurance. It's an insurance designation. And then we have what we call this the CPCU, which is another one. And we don't offer all the classes, but it's one of those. I think there's like eight classes all, all together you have to have and pass. There's national exams for that. Um, We're the first uh, community college to get a waiver on two of those classes if they have a B or above, which a lot of the four years have that already. So it saves them some time and money. Um, And when they PIP, those does have a couple different tracks where it can be focused on personal lines or commercial lines. And so students have up to five years to declare which ones they want to waive on because we're offering them both um, so that they know that, you know, well, I'm going into commercial lines, so I'm going to finish up my CPCU in the commercial lines.
6: Personal lines and commercial lines for me and, and for listeners who might not be familiar with that term. What does that distinguish?
4: So personal lines going to be like your home, your personal auto, your renter's policy, things like that. The commercial is going to be farm. It's going to be your, your, your small business owner. You have that. It could be, you know, the Walmarts out there, your Federal Expresses. It could be a lot. That's a probably a lot more. General, But it's also personalized is getting into your financial planning mm. portion of it. You know, what are you doing with your life insurance? What are you doing with, you know, your annuities? And, you know, especially now when all of our, when none of us want to look at what's going on oh, with please. our 401k, <laughs> it's not good. So, but, you know, those things are cyclical and they'll go go back up. But um, so that's, you know, we also have to address that. So that goes along personal lines. And it can also go into commercial lines because you're looking at group health and group life and all I that. I see. I
7: see. Thank I, I, you. I will need to add, too, the commercial lines will include workers' compensation. Oh, so yes. I'm employee, so sorry. <laughs> that's quite all right. If the employees get hurt at work, that's what Accident Fund does is workers' compensation. So if the employees get hurt at work, we uh, pay for their medical bills and uh, pay for their wage loss as well. So we'll plug see. there. So.
6: Yes, we have to. You know... I- how long have I lived in this area and how long has accident Fund been around? I didn't realize that I should have put the accident and accident Fund together with that. But I was going to ask what, what the, the focus of your company is.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're one of, they're the big one. Yeah. We're, we're the, the as far country. as Michigan
7: goes, uh, we've been around for over hundred years. So, um, and, and, definitely number one in the market share. Um, but we've in the last 20 years, we've expanded into other States. So we're actually working to try to get our, our market share up in, in the Carolinas and, and, uh, Kansas and Iowa and Minnesota and everything else too. So we're definitely, definitely growing.
6: That's great. So you mentioned that, that this area is a hub for insurance. Uh, What other insurance companies, and and why is it a hub? Is it because of the capital
4: yeah, being here? Yeah, I okay. would think so, because the lobbyists sit there. And there's multiple hubs throughout the country. I actually thought we were the biggest, but I don't think we are. It sounds like there's some other ones that are pretty big, too.
7: <laughs> I think we're safe saying we're the biggest in the Midwest. Yeah. Um, we'd like to be able to say we're the biggest, but I don't think Lansing quite has that... that uh, that title yet okay so.
4: yeah but yeah so we do we have a lot you know everything from auto owners accident fund farm bureau insurance jackson national or they call it by jackson a lot mm-hmm. of people don't know when i say it that way um so there's a lot of companies big and small that are uh, right here in the lansing area which is a great because those who you know necessarily don't necessarily want to move the way they can be here but one nice thing about the lcc program and we're the only associates degree program in the entire country Wow. I didn't realize that when I was developing it, <laughs> but there's a lot of... Mary, that's, an,
6: that's really impressive.
4: Well, thank you. We're really impressed, but what's happening and is... And it's
6: just been a few years.
4: Yes, yeah, so we're starting our fifth year with okay. the program, and so what's really exciting is people are hearing about us, I think, through our, our students' activity in um, Gamma, Iota, Sigma, and also just when they go out into the workplace, they're honestly really... Kick and butt. We do have 100% placement when students are ready to go into the insurance industry. So, and a lot of them are starting when they're still in school. But we're getting a lot of attention nationally because we do have that associate's degree, and um, so we're getting approached to possibly doing something where students from other state can take classes here because we're doing what we're calling the lecture capture, which means they can be in the classroom, they can be on a live WebEx, or they can watch the recorded. Webex recording of the lecture afterwards and so this is our second year doing that and it does give a lot of options for students who have to work which is a lot of them right I have students I have never seen but they're getting a four-point because they're watching the lecture afterwards, and they're doing very well in the classroom. But is that also different. called high flex? It's also called high flex. Yes, I'm sorry. That's kind of like the new way we're calling it. it. Yes, still the buzzword. <laughs> I call it lecture capture because that's how it was when I started. Well, now in we've that, named it. Lecture
6: <laughs> capture is descriptive. It makes you understand high flex. You know, is that a, a product that, that you drink, or is it sounds like something you build your muscles with?
4: Yeah, it does. Sound like, it's a good workout for your it brain. Is, it is. Uh, but it's it's really nice. It gives students flexibility, and they can change every week. If they got a week off, they can be in the classroom. Or if they just learn better, that they need to be in the classroom or need to watch that live WebEx so they can ask questions as they go. Um, so that's a real appeal because that's something that you don't have to be in Michigan to do that. That's powerful. So it is really cool. And, and what we're doing, what we're teaching is nothing... Um, really out there from what all the other schools are you know we're staying in line with that so um you know they same similar stuff that they're learning down at Florida State you know they're learning at Lansing Community College so and our students are doing great we have really high energy students who are really engaged in the program and Um, excited to go into the industry. I think a lot of them don't know where they're going to go in the industry. And that's why we encourage internships and taking jobs early because you got to find the right company that's the right fit. And I don't think there's a bad company in the Lansing area. You know, I think they're all awesome. It's just where do you want to work and what do you want to do with your degree? So So
6: is an internship built into the associates?
4: Yeah, they do have to do an internship. So and then if they've already got it, some of them already have a job in the insurance industry and they're going back to school because they haven't earned that degree yet so we do you know we work with them on that since they can't really go get another job they're not going to leave their full-time job so So
6: I've, I've got like five questions in my brain but one of them is if a student is already working in the insurance industry but they don't have a degree what what might they be doing right now what paint that picture and what will the degree enable them to do
4: well, I think well, you you see a lot of that too. I'll say from students that are currently enrolled in the program, they might be in the mailroom, they mm-hmm. might be in billing. It's like a lower entry job, the entry level job, the entry mm-hmm. job. But now they want to get promoted. So, what yeah, are you seeing? Yeah,
7: yeah, we are seeing that. We are seeing uh, people that are starting out in the entry level and looking for new opportunities. Well, how do how do I get to the next level up? And it's like, well, you can take this class, you know, and and, and you know the INS classes. I mean, like you said, it's an industry wide program so the fact that they can take it as far as lcc and at the same time doing the class get their associates degree that that's that's a bonus for them um and and again larger larger employers like accident fund auto owners and others um when they decide to go after those degrees and everything else their employees a lot of times the company their employer is actually helping to pay for that as well so they get the benefit there as far as you know getting the class getting the degree and also getting support financially from from the employer as well
6: that's that's good, so kind that's of a
4: no-miss. Yeah, so that's why I see some of them who decide, I'm going to go get my job now and continue on with school because they do have tuition reimbursement or at least help with some of those designations. And for students watching their dollars, that can make a huge difference whether or not they can go on with school or not. I think the Michigan Reconnect program has helped a lot. We see a lot on Michigan Reconnect coming back to school. That's
6: really tremendous. That's yeah. the program that enables people 25 or over yes. who don't yet have a degree to get complete financial yes. support.
4: So that's been a huge driver for a lot of, a lot of students yeah. to come back and get that degree.
6: Right, right. I do. Well, I already have a degree, so. But I'd you like wish to you go had back to the school.
4: Michigan reconnect, right? I know,
6: I know, <laughs> definitely. So, uh, taking the, those, that, that path kind of my question to the next level, what, can you do with a, a, an associate's degree versus a four-year degree? Why might, and why might some students want to pursue uh, a four-year degree besides a love of learning? Yeah, you
7: know, I, th- I think for us, I mean, and, and we're, we're adjusting this as well. I mean, there, there are certain positions we have at what I would call professional level that might say, you know, four-year degree or or work equivalent. And, and I think we're, we're really looking at it as far as that work equivalent and, and, and utilizing that. So somebody, we, in fact, we just promoted somebody into a professional role. She's got an associate's degree. She's still working on her bachelor's. Um, but she also has done insurance classes. She's been working for us for five years. She's moving into that next role. So I, I think, as from an entry level standpoint, if they want to enter in into the into, into a professional level, then the four year degree probably is probably more helpful there. Where nothing against the associates, it's just a matter of there's there's other things you have to do in order to get to that point where somebody coming out of college, if they got a four year degree, they they might be eligible for that that entry level program earlier.
6: I understand. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the way what you're describing is very exciting. The actual work of insurance, what is involved in that? How would you describe that? And I know it's going to depend on whether you work at an agency or you work at a company and what department. To me, you know, there's besides the incredible need for good interpersonal skills, there's a lot of, uh, Math and there's a lot of you know what I'd call the actuarial mm-hmm. understanding. I probably can't even pronounce it, let alone do it. But but you know, tell me about some of the specifics that that uh, you know somebody might be involved in. Do
4: you want to handle that?
7: Yeah, sure. You know, I think it really does depend on kind of what they're doing. Um, but I think across the board, whether they're at an agency or at a company, you mentioned interpersonal skills. I, I would even say. Being responsive, you know, and that's a case of being able to respond to somebody if they if they, if they call you, you know, answer the phone, if they, if you need to call them back, call them back, in, you know, one a certain time frame. if they send you an email, respond an email just and be responsive that way. So, you know, beyond that, it really kind of depends on what they're involved in. So, you know, in, in, in an agency, you, you could, I mean, usually those are 10 or 15 people. So you're pretty much a jack of all trades. So you're, you might be handling a customer inquiry, you might be handling a customer complaint, you might be handling a claim. All within that office. Um, within the companies, you tend kind to of specialize a little bit. So you'll have a claims person that, that when that, that phone rings, it's probably going to be somebody that has had been injured or had some property damage or anything else. Um, you know, and you look at marketing going out and, and, and selling the company and the products that they have. Um, the underwriting role, I always feel like I have to explain that a little bit. Um, it's it's kind of like a loan officer. I mean, if you were to go get a loan, you'd, you'd they would gather a bunch of information, decide if they were going to give you the loan, and then what it's going to cost. That's the underwriting process. So we're, we're you know if you want to get involved in that, where you're making decisions and, and going through that sort of process. So really, what what do your skills look like, um, and then also what, what is it that you want to do? I, you know, I, I give I give credit to our claim staff just from the standpoint of you know on that person's worst day, you can be their best friend because mm-hmm. you're you're showing up. They've got a loss. They've been injured. And, and you can do your best to, to put them back together again.
6: That is so very true. I've, I've had a good number of interactions with some wonderful insurance professionals this past year since uh, being a new homeowner once again, and uh, I am very grateful for just what you said, that responsiveness, a bit of sense of humor in <laughs> circumstances mm-hmm. that aren't necessarily funny, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, really, but, but tuning in to the individual uh, customer. You know, is is really important. Well, thank you. That that makes uh, kind of gives me something a little bit more concrete to to understand what those those skills might be. And it sounds like this is a field that a whole lot of different people could be attracted to and find uh, uh, success in. Uh, that's you know, when I think about all the different. You know, majors or things that people might think that they're interested in. Of people who come with communication skills or even even art skills, who might decide they're not necessarily going to be professionals in in the arts, but they've developed that teamwork and that collaboration to then, you know, develop uh, the specifics in insurance. Uh, a lot of opportunities. What do you see for the future in terms of the the uh, demand for employees?
4: It's going to continue. It's not going away. We're seeing shifts. There's a lot of Trends that go on. And right now, we're seeing a huge issue with cybersecurity um, going on. The criminals are really busy over COVID, and mm-hmm. the trends are really showing it's going to go up. So, you're seeing a lot of insurance companies building their teams because you need to buy insurance for that. Um, the ransoms are going way up, and the average company, big or small, can't off- often afford that ransom. Yeah. So, now you got to insure for it. Um, so, we're seeing a lot of that. So, you're going to see shifts. It's always shifts. And you're kind of yeah. waiting to see, like, where the next thing that develops and who's going to start suing who for what. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of what makes insurance interesting because it doesn't stay stagnant. It's mm-hmm. constantly shifting and going to like these meetings that we go to, we're kind of hearing what's going on nationally. Um, that's a big thing. You know, at LCC, and this is something that's going to be surprised surprise for Mike, um, we've been uh, we've been approached by the Society of Actuarials because there's a huge need for actuarials. And that's a four-year degree to become an actuarial uh, you know, type of it's high level math and all that, but we're going to start working on the first community college program, where that's going to start. Really, do we need to develop another class, or we're just focusing on the calculus and economics and developing a certificate? But we need to start working with the high schools more because. You know, we need to see people who are really good at math and it's a very high paying job. Um, but what can we do to start getting them ready at our level? And is there any kind of entry level jobs for those that are really strong in those areas? So surprise, we'll be talking about that at our next meeting <laughs> and how we're going to do. But because we're being in their national company, a corporation as well, I think they're outside of Chicago. And because they're, they're like, we, we need help. And you guys already kind of got this going, so let's keep it keep it going on actuarial side.
7: You know, I think that, that shows another example where LCC can work with in partnership with other, other schools, whether it's Northwood or whether it's Michigan State or anything else. Mm-hmm. Michigan State has an actuarial program, so yep. if they get started here, they can transfer there and, and finish it up and everything else, yes. too. But, you know, that whole, you know, from our standpoint... The, the actuaries always were kind of, hey, they established the rates. And, and that, that area has grown tremendously um, to where they actually have uh, positions now called data scientists. So mm. they're, they're evaluating all the data and helping us make better decisions and everything else, too. So there, there's plenty of opportunities. If, if yes. somebody wants to sit at their desk and just crunch numbers, they can do that. But if they want to get up in front of a group and present the numbers and, 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 and have that sort of opportunity, that's available as well. Yes. That's but really exciting. Yeah,
4: obviously, we have a lot more information available to us than we used to. And so how do we interpret that? It's important yeah. stuff.
6: Yeah, indeed. We just have a couple more minutes. So I want to just give you each an opportunity. If there's there's uh, something else you'd like to share that we've not touched on or our excitement for the, the future, please do.
4: You know, I think this is just a field that is going to continue to grow. Um, I think one nice thing about this is there's so many positions that, at, you know, during COVID that was concerned, the insurance industry continued to grow. They transitioned very smoothly into at-home work. And a lot of them are still allowing many employees to work from home, at least part of the time. And I think it's one of those jobs, you have a great work-life balance, um, you have a lot And it doesn't matter which company you're at, but Accident Fund's definitely one of the leaders where it's just a great, you know, work environments. Uh, They care about their people. And if you have a situation where, like, I don't really want to go to drive to work every day, they're going to work with you in most cases, that you can be in a position that you do that. And I think, you know, that's a good thing to remember because a lot of people are still dealing with certain things at home, whether it's children or adult parents, and it's nice to have flexibility where you don't always have to drive to work. Definitely, um, But just having that environment, that's very supportive, I think. That's great. That is great.
7: You know, we talked about the placement and everything else, a lot of the different programs and everything else. And I think you know, finding that job is always very important. But we also t- touched on in- internships, and I think that's huge because if somebody's not sure what they want to do, they can do an internship, and it's a daily interview. You know, they're they're interviewing with the company, the company's interviewing them every day. They can kind of decide, I want to do this or don't want to do this. Um, and even less, even beyond that, is just the students in this program will have the opportunity to have a mentor. So maybe it's not a, a, an internship or anything else, but they're going to have a chance to interact with an insurance professional. Um, if they want, they can go do a job shadow. So all of those opportunities are available for somebody that's trying to figure out what they want to do um, or maybe what they don't want to do. That Those opportunities are available.
6: That's, that is great. I- I'm going to have to end it here because we are just about out of time, but I do want to let our listeners know that uh, uh, you'll be able to go online and we'll have contact information for both uh, Mary Stucco and Mike Morrow and links to to the website so that you can get more information about both Accident Fund and LCC's insurance program. Thank you both so much, Mike and Mary, for, for being here. Great conversation. And thank you all for tuning in to listen to this episode again and other episodes of Galaxy Forum and all the LCC Connect programming visit lccconnect.org Special thanks to our technical producer today Lane Ingram and to Andy Callis for composing our theme music I'm Melissa Kaplan and this is Galaxy Forum on LCC Connect
0: Featuring THE FACULTY, STAFF, STUDENTS, AND OTHERS THAT HELP TO MAKE LANSING'S PREMIER COLLEGE WHAT IT IS TODAY. LCC CONNECT, MID-MICHIGAN'S CONNECTION TO LANSING COMMUNITY COLLEGE. TO FIND OUT MORE ABOUT OUR FEATURED PROGRAMS, OR TO LISTEN ON DEMAND, VISIT US AT LCCCONNECT.ORG. LCC
1: CONNECT. VOICES. VIBES. VISION. Lansing Community College Performing Arts features several events and presentations throughout the year. Find more information by visiting lcc.edu showinfo
3: Let's go inside the mind of a 10-year-old.
4: I should have worn those earrings today. I like those earrings. Gabby has those awesome earrings. I need to ask her where she got those, but that's just what she would want me to do. I'll have Michaela ask her for me. Buckle up, Sarah. Yeah, but then Michaela will be like, why don't you just ask her yourself? That's just like Michaela. Sarah, buckle up. Michaela is such a great name. I wish I was called Michaela. There's like a dozen Sarahs in my class. Hey,
7: we're not hitting the road until you buckle up, honey.
4: Oh yeah, seatbelt. I forget sometimes because my brain is like busy, you know?
1: The Modern Warehousing Program through the Job Training Center at Lansing Community College is an industry-led program that prepares individuals for frontline material handling and supply chain logistics positions in medical centers, fulfillment centers, warehouses, and factories. Those who complete this program earn multiple employer-recognized certifications in six short weeks and get a chance to meet with local employers about their future. Visit lcc.edu slash jtctraining.
0: This has been a presentation of LCC Connect, a weekly program that features the voices, vibes, and vision of Lansing Community College. All shows featured on LCC Connect are recorded at the WLNZ Studio, located on LCC's downtown campus. Each program is podcast-based and can be heard anytime at lccconnect.org. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on one of our shows, connect with us by emailing lcc-connect at lcc.edu.